we find ourselves in John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, our Lord has told his disciples who has been with him for approximately three and a half years, it's time for me to leave. They, in their disparity and in their sorrow and in their frustration, their ship began to toss back and forth because the captain was now going to be taken away. And so in their sorrow and their bereavement and in their frustration, uh, they begin to respond to our Lord in several and sundry different ways. Probably we can identify with some of them. If you notice in your Bible, John chapter 14, please take your Bible now and look with me if you would please. And Jesus has said now he's going to leave them and Chapter 13 and verse 33, little children, yet a little while I'm with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come, so now I say to you. And they begin to be concerned about what's going to take place. If he's leaving, he's not going to set up a kingdom. If he's leaving, that's not what the Messiah is supposed to do. If he's leaving, he must not be the one that's going to set up the divinic kingdom forever. Man, what in the world is taking place? Verse 36 of chapter 13, And Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Verse 37, Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? You would think that anybody that had been with the Lord for three and a half years wouldn't be so ignorant. How long have you been serving him? So Jesus looked at the bewildered disciples, confused, not knowing what's going to take place. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Seems like it's easier to believe in God than to believe in Jesus. Everybody who is not an agnostic or an atheist, and most of them believe in God. But the difficulty comes when they have to believe in Jesus. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now, if you've got a Bible that says rooms, I hope that's what you're satisfied with when you get there. But my Bible says many mansions. You say a better translation is rooms. How can a better translation be rooms over mansions? To me, heaven has never been just another room. Dear God, if it's not better than this, why do you want to go? In my father's house are many mansions. 
If it were not so, Jesus told the bewildered disciples, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Somebody ought to say amen right there. I mean, unless you're a, a Methodist or some folks that don't believe in getting excited, somebody ought to say, you mean my father has a house. You're going to go prepare a place for me. Amen. Hallelujah. If I'd have been translating the Bible, I would have put that in there. And if I go to prepare a place for you, he said, I will come again. Too bad, brother Campin missed it. But he is coming back. Now, evidently, he didn't come back the 21st of May. If he did, boy, we are in a lot of hurt. Because we did miss the rapture. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to settle for President Obama. I'm looking for my father who has a house full of mansions and one that is prepared for me. You would think the disciples of long about this time would have been getting kind of excited and they have lost their doubt and uh, then... Verse 4, and whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And then another Baptist spoke up. And Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. Thomas, he just told you. He spent Four verses telling you, Thomas, he's going to his father's house. He's going to prepare a place and he's coming back. Well, we don't know the way. You don't understand this unless you've pastored people for 20 years. (laughs) Preacher, I don't understand what's happened in my home. What? Preacher, I don't understand why I'm so broke. I need a cosigner to pay cash. What? All these years you've been sitting here and you've missed it completely. Lord, all we've done has been following you for three and a half years. We've witnessed and seen and felt and touched and heard. Lord, we don't know the way. If that's not a Baptist, I've never seen one. Jesus said, Thomas, I am the way. You mean you've been with me three and a half years and you missed? The way? Thomas, I am the truth. Thomas, I am the life. No man come to the Father but by me. Boy, if I'd have been the rest of the disciples, I'd have kept my mouth shut. I'm going to the Father's house. I'm going to prepare a place for you. 
I'm going to come again and take you to where I am, that there you may be also. And then Philip said, Lord, you just don't understand how broken and disappointed I am that you're going to leave. But Lord, there's something you could do (laughs) to kind of help me, if you please. Lord, if you just show us the Father. Lord, if you just show us the Father. In your absence and in our disappointment... And in our bereavement, and uh, I know you're not going to set up the divinity kingdom, and I know you surely must not be the Messiah because he didn't come to die, he come to reign. And you're not going to deliver us from the bondage of Rome, Lord, and it just looked like we've left everything and followed you for nothing. But if you just show us the Father, it would suffice us. Everybody's wanting to see something. Preacher, if you could heal my corns on my toes. Preacher, if you could bless my checkbook. Preacher, if I could be wealthy, healthy, and wonderful. Show us the Father... And it will suffice us. Let me ask you today, in your situation, what would it take for God to suffice you? I mean, just what would trip your trigger today spiritually? What would light your shock to allow you to be faithful to God? What would it take just to have you feel oozy all over when you leave today? What would it take to put the smile back on your face and the leap in your step and the song in your heart? What would it take to fix your dilemma today? Philip said, if you just show us the Father, That would be enough. Is there anybody here? I read on for you now. Jesus said unto him in verse number 9, Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me? Philip, do you get the emotion involved with our Lord? Have I been so long with you that you have, and thou hast not known me? Philip, he that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou, then show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, 
But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me are else. Believe me for the very works sake. Philip, Thomas, and Peter was having problems in believing what Jesus said. You say, well, preacher, I have no problems at all believing the Bible. It's just doing it that I have problems with. It is amazing to me how many folks know about God, but how few folks really know God. It's amazing to me how many folks... uh, uh, know the book and have knowledge of the book, but have no relational knowledge at all of the God of the book. You say, preacher, you're judging. Many know a lot about the Bible. They just don't know the God of the Bible. Here are three men who has followed our Lord closely, lived with him intimately, and yet At the end of his life, they don't know him or his father. It's amazing to me how that could be. And yet, my wife and I was talking yesterday and, 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 uh, 25 years of ministry. 25 years of pouring your heart out to people. And then some of the Mickey Mouse reasons they give for not coming to things that are very important to us. It makes us feel like failure, if you please. But then I read this and I see that the master teacher of all teachers, the the one who walked on the water and three of the disciples... I don't know the way. I don't know where you're going. I'd like to see the Father as spiritually bankrupt as you can imagine. Know all about Jesus, just don't know Him. Got 66 books all about God but yet don't know God. You know, I think we have a problem. Jesus' description of God you'll find in John 4 and verse 24, and I think there's a tremendous chasm between us and God. John 4 and 24, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The question is and shall ever be is how can I know and how can I see and how can I identify with a spirit? Our God is spirit, dwells in another sphere of existence, spirit. The spirit world is just as real as the natural world. 
There is just a big and glamorous and wonderful sphere of existence in the spirit world as there is in the natural world. But the natural man cannot perceive the spiritual world because the chasm is too great. The only thing I know about spirits is ghosts. I don't like ghosts. I don't go at graveyards at nighttime. I don't like to hear uncertain noises in my house. I don't like ghosts. Spirit, ghost is the same thing. You and I have got to identify with this spirit God How can we know this spirit God? How can we identify with the intangible? How can we see that which is not seeable? How can we hear that which does not speak? How can we identify with this spirit God when we are living in a different realm of existence? Maybe that's why the Bible said the natural man perceiveth not the things of the Spirit. Because they are spiritually discerned, we are dead, ladies and gentlemen, to the Spirit world because we know not one thing about it. And Philip said, I want to see God. How can I today See God, the one whose thunderous voice spoke and everything came into existence immediately. How can I know this spirit, God, that not only spoke it into existence, but upholds it with the word of his power? Oh, I want to know that God. Philip wanted to know that God. Thomas wanted to know that God. Peter wanted to know that God. But somewhere along the way, they missed seeing that God. For us today, how can we see, know, experience that spirit God called the Father. Turn in your Bible, if you would, please. To the book of John, chapter 1. You smile and say, well, it's so simple. For some, but for others, it is not so simple. You say, preacher, you need to go to something deeper. I think we need to wall around in shallow water until we learn how to swim. How can I know this infinite, eternal, all-sufficient, all-powerful Spirit God? Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word... And the Word was with God. And the Word was what? Wow. The same was in the beginning with God. 
when the Holy Ghost of God hovered on the dark face of the deep and brooded and changed everything into the glorious creation of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was with God and was God. Verse 3, all things were made by him, the word. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Verse 14. How can we get to know this invisible, intangible spirit God? Oh, we want to know him. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, he wants us to know him a lot worse than we want to know him ourselves. And he bridged that chasm between spirit and natural in verse 14. And the word became flesh. Spirit became Human. The invisible has become visible. And the word was made flesh. And we, who, John, we, Thomas, we, Peter, we, Philip, we beheld his glory. You dumb Baptist, Philip, Thomas, and Peter. We beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Wow. Don't you ever say nobody loves you again. Philippians chapter 2 verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but became obedient Humbled himself and become obedient to the death of the cross. Take your Bible, if you would, please, to the book of Colossians, chapter number one. Please, if you would, you say, preacher, are you going to teach us or preach today? I'm just going to do whatever I feel like God wants me doing. But I'll be done before the ball game. Show us the Father. That's what he said. Show us the Father. I hope to God's grace you, you, you have that deep burning desire deep in the bosom of your heart. I want to know the Father. I want to know God. I want to know him in a real and wonderful way. Now, if you would, please take your Bible. Let's begin in verse 12. The Bible said, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. Didn't John say something about in him was life and he was the light of men? Didn't somebody say that? Verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now you got the context. His dear son. 
in whom we have redemption through his blood. Does anybody have an amen? Even the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Thank God my sins are gone. Forgiven. Cast behind his back. Never to look at again. Shall we go on now please? Show us the Father. Philip said, we want to see the Father. And if you'll show us the Father, it will suffice us. Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God? Wow. The firstborn of every creature. For by him, who? The Son of God. For by him, the Word. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, Invisible or invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. He controls the temperatures of the worlds. (laughs) Sure wish Brother Gore would get a hold of that. Of course, he wouldn't make near as much money running up down the country talking about global warning either. You say, that's not politically correct. Yes, that is biblically and politically correct. Because by him... All things consist. And he is the head of the church, of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now watch this. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Philip said to Jesus, Show us the Father, and it will suffice us. Jesus looked at Philip and said, Philip, look at me, and you will see the Father. For in me, Jesus said, dwell all the fullness of the Godhead Wow. Does anybody have a wow? You say wows are not permitted in the church. Wow is an update. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Wow. Hebrew writer says, God, who in sundry times and in divers manners spake, in times past under the fathers by the prophets, listen now, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir to all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Who being, now listen, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he hath by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. 
Can you imagine how ignorant Philip must have felt when he said, Lord, show us the Father. And Jesus said, look at me. Look at me. All of God we ever need, we find in Jesus Christ. God so loved us that he bridged the gap that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Thomas said, I want to know the way. Jesus said, I am the way. Philip said, I want to see the Father. Jesus said, I am the Father. Show us the Father. Today, I believe that we can see the Father in the life that Jesus lived. Look at verse 7 through 9. The Bible says in verse 7 through 9, and Jesus is speaking, and he said, If you had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet thou hast not known me. Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Wow. I believe if we take this book and get into the Gospels. Years ago when I was in Bible college, I had a desire to know more about our Lord. And I, I, I read one time... Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so being a young man in the ministry, and I just thought maybe the more I learn about Jesus, maybe the more I could grow in grace. And the more I knew about him, the more spiritual I could become and more I knew about him. And so I went to one of my professors and I said, Dr. Pete, I'd like a good book on Jesus and about his life. He said, try the Gospels. I said, no, Dr. Peek, I know about the Gospels. I was wanting a deeper, a, a more detailed uh, explanation of the life of our Lord because I want to know Him in a real way. He said, young man, try the Gospels. And in the Gospels, we see how that Jesus lived. And when we see how Jesus lived, we see the characteristics of the God, the Father. In Matthew chapter 20, I see a verse in Matthew 20, and it says this. In verse number 
28 in your Bible, it tells us something about our Lord. It says in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28, tells us something about our Lord's life. And the time is 1113 as we move right along. The Bible says in verse 28 of chapter number 20, look at this. Even so, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. We see here in the life of our Lord Jesus, the heart of God. Jesus did not come to take, he come to give. Jesus did not come to be served, he come to serve and to minister. Jesus did not come to be a, 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 a rocking around with a pity party all the time because nobody understands uh, just who he is. He came to minister and to give his life uh, a ransom for our sin. And in that, I see the very heart of God. God loves us and God wants to serve us and God wants to redeem us and God wants to save us. And in our Lord's life, I see, I see God and I see the Father's heart. Notice not only that, Jesus lived a life of holiness. Now that's a bad word in today's economy. We've replaced holiness with tolerance. We need to be tolerant, everybody, and we don't need to be so separated and we don't need to be so down on sin and, and uh, we need to allow the, the dirty vocabulary and, and languages of the, the today. But my Bible says that Jesus lived a life of holiness and first Peter says, be ye holy as I am holy. And as we see our Lord walking in holiness, in pureness, in perfection, Jesus lived a sinless perfect life and reveal to us the very nature of God. Our Lord's life revealed His nature. Our Lord's life revealed His heart for God so loved. What is wrong with God's people that says they are full of God they cannot love? Dear Lord, well, when they straighten out, I'll love them. Aren't you glad God didn't treat you that way? Because you're still not straight enough for some of us to love you. So God needs to work on us a bunch. But Jesus' life of holiness revealed to us the nature of God. His life of sacrifice, his life of laying down, his life of difficulty showed us the heart of God. His life not only showed us the heart of God and showed us the nature of God, the Bible says that Jesus lived a life of obedience and that spoke of the character of God. And being found... In the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. We live in a world where nobody wants to obey anybody. Don't want to obey the law. I got under conviction of the night when I started preaching out of the book of Romans, chapter 13 and 14, about wearing a seatbelt. 
And dear God, there ain't nothing can mess up a good shirt that costs two or three dollars to press and get cleaned and a suit like a seatbelt. But I got under conviction last week and I'm wearing my seatbelt everywhere I go except yesterday. And I was hauling hay and forgot to put my seatbelt on. Never guess who met me coming down the road. I looked back in my mirror and he hit his brakes. I died a thousand, no, 200 deaths. That's how much it cost, $200. I said, well, if I turn left here real fast, he'll never recognize me if he catches me. I've only got a trailer and three round bales of hay on. He'd never, never recognize me again. You say, preacher, if I did that, I wouldn't admit it. I put it on this morning coming to church. There's nothing wrong with being obedient. Even if you don't like it. Even if it becomes difficult. Even if just 12 hours from the time that he spoke to Philip, he knew he was going to be taken to Pilate's hall and receive a beating and mocking like no other man has ever received. Even though he knows he's going to carry his own cross and be nailed to a Roman cross, hang there for six long, excruciating hours, there is nothing wrong with doing what's right. Because that reveals character. Even the night before he's knelt in the garden of Gethsemane and prayed as as if it were great drops of blood. Satan probably on his case trying to convince him not to go. He said, Lord, if possible, let this cup pass from me. But if not, now listen, thy will be done. Philip, look at me. Look at me, Philip. Look at my life. Three and a half years you've followed me and I've not deterred. I'm not sidetracked. I'm not turned back. Look at my life. Philip, if you want to see God, look at me. That's why Christianity is special. God became flesh. That flesh might behold God. And see him in his glory and in his beauty and in his truth. Philip, look at me, he said. We can see God in his life. We can see God in his words. You know what the Bible said about him? The Bible said in John 7, never man spake like this man. Wow. Never a man spake like this man. Matthew puts it this way. They were astonished at his doctrine because he spake 
with authority, not as the scribes. Philip, Thomas, Peter, have you been listening? Hey, guys, were you with me over yonder at the wedding of Canaan? When I spoke and the elements changed from water to wine. Wow. Do you guys think that's an ordinary little deal? My name is not Mogan David. Believe me for my words. You guys were standing close by that night. When a religious Jew, a Pharisee, if you please, made his way to me by night and said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Philip, do you remember that night I spoke the word and that religious Judaizing Jew became a born again child of God? Do you remember he spake and the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well traded her water pot for a well of living water springing up within her body. Words. He said, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And in John chapter 6, Or John chapter 5, the man was made whole immediately and took up his bed and walked. By the way, Philip, do you think that is just an ordinary deal? Or Betty Hinn could do that. He spake and the lad's lunch of five loaves and two fishes immediately became sufficient to feed 5,000. My God, Philip, what have you been listening to? Christian TV. I'm going to buy some blankets for the Indians in North Dakota. He said to the woman caught in the act of adultery, Woman, where are thy accusers? Philip, what did he say when everybody left with her head hanging low and realizing they were as big a sinner as she was? What did I say? You remember, Philip, what I said? Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. We see the father in his words. Philip, did you hear me when I said, my sheep hear my voice? And I know them and they follow me. By the way, and I give unto them eternal life. Hey, Philip, you think you can buy that at the grocery store? 
You think that's handed out free of charge down at the Baptist church? I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Philip, have you been listening? Turn off your iPod. Throw your iPhone away. Get off of my space, your space, and everybody else's space. You seem like you're in outer space. (laughs) Philip, have you been listening? And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. For my Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's Philip, what have you been listening to? What have you been looking at? What have you been, who have you been following? Philip, you want to see the Father? Look at me. Philip, are you ready for the biggie? Where were you when the rest of us was in Bethany? Where were you, Philip? Where were you, Thomas? Where were you, Peter? When they summons me to a tomb and the rock had already been rolled over and sealed. Where were you, fellas, when we attended the funeral of Lazarus? Where were you guys? When I merely walked up to the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. If I'd have been old Philip, I'd have been finding a brush pile to stick my head in about that time. And the Bible said he came forth bound in grave clothes. From head to foot. And by the way, you guys, you remember what I told them? Loose him and let him go. Well, preacher, I know. You've been listening to me preach the words of Jesus all this time, but it helps if I worry a little bit about what's going on. I'm just a better Christian, I think, if I show my over-concern about the difficulties that I'm going through. We're just as guilty as these three guys. Because in our dilemmas and in our hurt and in our frustration, we run everywhere in the world to find a solution when the solution is already there. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. We see God in the life of his son. We see God in the words that he speaks. And then notice verse 11, I close. And Jesus said, if you can't believe my life, in verse 7 through 9. And if you can't believe my words, 
in verse 10. And then he says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the very work's sake. How can guys follow our Lord three and a half years and see the miracles that he performed and not attribute those miracles to the Father? Jesus never performed one miracle to draw recognition to himself, but always to the Father. Jesus said to that young man that was born afore, as they led him down through the roof of the house, he looked at that young man and said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Some of the religious hypocrites around said, Who is he? Only God can forgive sins. There's the key. And then Jesus said, Whether it's easy to say, Son of man, thy sins be forgiven thee, or take up thy bed and walk. Jesus said, I said unto him, take up thy bed and walk, that ye may know that the Son hath power on earth to forgive sins. Show us the Father. Look at Jesus. Show us the Father's heart. Look at Jesus. Show us the Father's character. Look at Jesus. Show the Father's nature. Look at Jesus. Jesus' miracles reveal his power. Don't have time to talk about it. The disciples, Mark 4, is out on the sea. Jesus is asleep in the boat. The world, the sea became very tempestuous and rough. And the Bible says that the boat now is full of water. I don't think that's the way boats are designed. I think the boats are to be in the water, not the water in the boat. I'm not too sure, but I think we got some expert boatmen in our church that went boating last evening and do not know the definition of plug. I think plug means you stop the water from coming in. I think when they recognized that plug was not in hole, neither was brains anywhere around. Tempestuous, and the boat began to sink. The disciples, very frantic, went to our Lord and said, Care us not that we perish. And he walked out and said, Oh, ye of little faith, and stood on the bow of the boat, now listen, and looked at the winds and said, 
hush. And the wind silenced. Philip, where were you? When I looked at the white caps and said, be still. And the water became as glass. Philip, Peter, Thomas, where were you? Oh, by the way, the same one that's been still in them storms of yesterday will be there tomorrow and today and forever. His miracles reveals his power. His miracles reveal not only his power, but his compassion. Lord, we've been here several hours now, and the multitudes are bound to be hungry. Oh, physically hungry, spiritually hungry, spiritually in need. We'll just go ahead and feed them, he said. Remember that? You remember that? Guess who said, take 200 penny worth, feed this bunch. You're right. Philip, ain't learned much, has he? Jesus said, if you got anything, said, yeah, a catering truck came by a while ago and a little boy bought two fish and five loaves. Jesus said, set them down in hundreds and fifties and we'll see we can do. You remember anything about that? And Jesus gave thanks. Would somebody tell me who he thanked? Say what? Say what? And they all ate and had 12 baskets left over. Jesus cares about the hungry. Jesus cares about the poor. Jesus cares about you wherever you are. And our Lord's life is living proof that he has power, has compassion, and lastly, he is a God of forgiveness. Are you glad of that? How do I know what kind of God is? What kind of God God is? I'll bet you that's God calling me right now. So, yes, Lord, I'm here. <laughs> Don't worry about that phone. Mine goes off all the time. It just, it drops it so fast, nobody ever knows anybody call. <laughs> now listen to me just a minute. How can I know God? How can I see God? How can I experience God? We know God through Jesus Christ. We see God through Jesus Christ. We experience God through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way to God. I am all the truth concerning God. Amen. And I am life, not only physical, but everlasting. And Thomas come unto the Lord and said, Show us the Father. And Jesus, in verse 9, said unto him, 
Look at me. Learn of me. Watch me. And lean on me. Lean on me. That old song. Lean on me. Trust in the Lord with all that heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. You know the rest of it? He shall direct thy path.